The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired, to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello. I'm your host, Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. Today, I'm welcoming back Tom Zuba. Tom's a life coach, author, and speaker, teaching people all over the world a new way to do grief. Tom offers those living with the death of someone they love dearly the tools, knowledge, and wisdom to create a full, joy-filled life. In 1990, Tom's 18-month-old daughter, Erin, died suddenly. His 43-year-old wife, Trish, died equally as suddenly on New Year's Day, 1999, and his 13-year-old son, Rory, died from brain cancer in 2005. Tom and his son, Sean, are exploring life one day at a time in Rockford, Illinois. Tom's first book, Permission to Mourn, A New Way to Do Grief, was the subject of our interview together at the beginning of 2015, and he's come back so that we can talk about grief and the holidays. Uh, I'm doing something I haven't done for these two years I've been on the air. This is actually the anniversary. Um, this show is the first one past that two-year mark. Um, today, we're we're accepting calls on the air. Uh, I really would love for you out there to be part of this conversation about how we all, uh, what we all do to handle our losses at these holiday times. And you can reach us at 866 472 5792-866-472-5792. Please join the conversation. Welcome, Tom. Oh, thank you so much. It's really happy to be back with you, Cheryl. Thank you. Me too. I enjoyed our conversation before so much, and I'm and I also just really appreciate the opportunity to talk specifically about kind of weathering the holidays um, and making room for those people we've lost. Um, this is a, a very um, momentous time of year for me. My my wife died right before Halloween, and my mother died a year ago, September. And so um, as we're heading into winter, I'm also heading into kind of my grief season. So I appreciate this opportunity for us to talk about how that impacts people. And I have a similar experience. I clearly, clearly remember my 13-year-old son Rory's last holiday season. Uh, He had been diagnosed with a terminal brain cancer in November. I knew that that Thanksgiving was going to be his last. I knew that that Christmas would be his last. Uh, My wife died on New Year's Day of 1999, Mm. so we spent the four or five days right before New Year's in the hospital, 
and had my daughter lived, um, her birthday's January 2nd. So, yes, for me too, the holidays are, uh, are, are a complicated, complex, sensitive time. Absolutely. And, and also, um, what I'm very aware of is that, um, although it doesn't fit with my conception of what these occasions really are all about, their deeper meaning, there is a lot of pressure for joy, joy, happy, happy. Uh, that that um, uh, I was talking this morning, for instance, with someone who um, has been having a very difficult time, and uh, she and her husband always go to the, the same Thanksgiving, but there's a requirement that you say something that you're thankful for. Uh, <laughs> and, and she was like, trying to sort out what she might say, and her husband was just saying, I'm not going. Wow. <laughs> you know, so there is uh, just at the time where we need community, we need we need our our um, living loved ones to help us carry our pain and difficulty. Just at that time, sometimes it's hard to um, take the chance on them actually doing it. Well, and I think we all carry with us, um, regardless of whether or not we're really aware of it. We carry images from childhood, you know, Norman Rockwell gatherings of the family around the Thanksgiving table or around the Christmas tree, you know, or, or that, that image of carolers going house to house to house. And it's, it's hard, I think, sometimes to realize most of us are no different than anyone else it's just that there's a lot of people out there that are pretending, you know, they're pretending that everything's okay. They're pretending mm-hmm. that there's no pain, there's no suffering, there's no grief. So I, I agree with you. I mean, when, when family can be honest and authentic and vulnerable, that, that's healing and much more peaceful for everybody. And, and in the end, gives us the opportunity to touch joy. That's an interesting point you're making that actually uh, trying to hold back whatever the grief looks like for us uh, during this time or any time, of course, also sort of roadblocks joy in a way. Absolutely, absolutely. If, If I'm denying and repressing and numbing all those feelings and emotions that I consider, you know, bad or negative or inappropriate, I'm doing the exact same thing for all those feelings and emotions that are wonderful, you know, that, that I yearn for. It's really, really clear to me. Not, not long ago, just a couple of days ago, someone said to me, do you really think I'll ever feel joy again? And I said, I promise you, you will. I promise Mm -hmm. you. But what's fascinating about feeling joy is you don't forget when you were at the bottom of that deep, dark, black, hopeless pit of despair, which is grief. You, You don't forget that. And you don't forget when you thought, I will never, ever, ever feel joy again. So when you do feel joy, it's that much more delicious because you didn't think it was possible. 
Yes, I, I also think, and tell me if you agree with this, that um, grief doesn't bring new feelings, the experience of grief, but it is certainly at such a high volume. And we can't, there's a way we, we often can't not feel it. But for me anyway, that has made me more comfortable with those deep places in me that are difficult. I can, I'm, I'm not afraid of them. You know, I've, I've lived there and um, I'm okay with that place. And that too, if I'm not having to fend off anything, I find I'm freer to feel everything I feel, including joy, including love, and including, you know, there's a courage in having lived with our difficulties um, deeply that sometimes and, and, comes. And I think a wisdom. I mean, ju- just today I was thinking... And I was observe. I was observing myself thinking this. So I was really trying to be in the present moment. But I was thinking, what would it be like if I was in a family situation like a lot of other families out there? What if my wife was coming home from work? What if two of my kids were coming home from college? You know, what if tonight? We were going to be getting the house ready and preparing the food, and family was coming over for Thanksgiving tomorrow. Now, I could, if I let myself really spiral downward, you know, just kind of dive into that. But rather, I I observed myself, and and I allowed myself to feel it, and then it, it went away. So, to your point... Touching those feelings, touching those emotions doesn't paralyze me anymore. You know, I know that those feelings have a beginning and a middle and an end. And if I don't engage, if I don't resist, then they're replaced with something else. Yes, I'm in total agreement with that. And and also, of course... Um, you know, I, I, I end up feeling a lot of gratitude about... Um, particularly the loss of my wife, just because that was such a meaningful time between us and, and, um, and afterwards as well, after she died. Um, but this year when her anniversary came, it was the 20th. It happened to be the 20th. And, mm-hmm. boy, I, re- I really got very sad mm-hmm. and um, for about a week, for about a week. And what I was thinking about that was, this is an honoring of the importance of that relationship in my life. It didn't disturb me. Uh, you know, oh, okay, this year I'm going to feel this way about it. You know, this is how I feel. And it's sort of um, a part of our relationship. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. And, and, and while you were feeling the sadness, did you know that it wasn't going to last forever? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of course, because um, nothing does, as it turns out. But, 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 I, but, but, but I think you, that, don't you think that people have the fantasy that it does? Because if you ward off a feeling, um, there's this consistent sense of something there. It's, it's actually the warding off, I think, not the feeling itself, but it can feel like, 
this is just overpowering. If I let it in, it'll be forever. But actually, it's the other way around. Right, right. And, and especially at this time of year, I think people are, I, I don't think, I know, I've talked with many people who feel paralyzed and, and so burdened, you know, and, and stopped in their tracks that, that there is no hope. Know, that there is no light, that, that their heart will always be broken in a million pieces, and, and life will never be worth living again. And, and so, so they resist. You know, they, they, they don't allow themselves to dip their toe into the grief. Um, you and I both know this, that, that we have to move through it. There's no climbing over it. There's no running around it. There's no, you know, keeping it at bay. We have to move through it. And that's not easy. But it Very doesn't much last not. forever. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, was, I taught a course last year about cancer illness in the holidays. Cancer is another type of loss um, that people experience that brings about this same phenomenon. And it was fascinating when I went to, to do some research um, I went to all these websites that were, uh, you know, in support of people with cancer and their families, and they virtually all offered practical suggestions. Um, you know, uh, start a new tradition, uh, you know, um, only buy one meaningful gift, and, you know, all these things, but they were all fixes, I felt for the uh, trying to bypass the emotional experience of being in a state of loss during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They weren't actually inviting that. And I was fascinated, you know, that nobody said, take some quiet time to really feel what you're feeling about this. Or, you know, there was not, not much of that anywhere. And I think the same would be true for... You know, probably if I did the same research on um, having just lost someone to death and facing a holiday, I'll bet it would be similar. I, I would agree with you. So many articles, so many workshops, so many seminars uh, invite people to learn how to cope with the holidays or survive the holidays. The, the language I use is, you know, is it possible to learn how to live with the holidays even when we're living with grief? And I believe that it is. I, I've always said this, that grief is one of our greatest teachers. Mm. And particularly at the holidays, let's pay attention. What, what is grief teaching us? You know, what, what decisions are we making? What choices are we making? Uh, and what are we learning from grief? And in particular, at this time, I would say, um, who are we learning it with? Uh, yeah. You know, and can we enlist the people in our lives to learn with us to um, allow for um, the the true experience of what we're going through? Um, I, th- I think that's... Uh, 
a big piece of it too, isn't it? How how do we kind of, we have to kind of be revolutionaries and change our surroundings uh, in and, order to to do what you're talking about. Um, and I we think, have I think it's essential that we slow down. I mean, we have to slow down and encounter ourselves. You know, encounter our life. Be with our feelings and emotions. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and what's interesting to me is if we look at the the uh, the traditions at this time of year, most of them have to do with, from my view, kind of um, hitting the introverted time of the year, cold. Uh, Having a way to go in, but know that light will come. Yeah, which which in a sense is ready made for grief. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so it it always seems a paradox to me that in fact the way that it currently shows itself, um, uh, speed goes faster, a lot of consumerism, joy, joy, joy is actually the opposite of what I would think is at the base of these holidays. I, is, I agree. I agree with you completely. I mean, it's it's so easy to get to get caught up in that layer of what is just really superficial. But when we allow ourselves to drop down in the stillness and the silence and the darkness, it's like that's where we find ourselves. Yes, and and I'm thinking of some specific examples. For instance, um, as I mentioned, my mom died about a year ago, a little more than a year ago. She was um, a little bit of a reticent person, a little bit remote, but at the holidays, she was very giving. It was her cue to kind of make people happy with gifts. Mm-hmm. And a couple of days ago, I realized, oh, God, I'm I'm really... Why am I so sad about the holidays? I'm missing my mom. My mom in that uh, way she had of, she would have been calling me to say, "What do you want for Christmas?" You know, mm. <laughs> and she would have taken it seriously. She would have wanted to please, uh, not in a not a, in a kind of um, gratuitous way, but in a really deep way. How can I give you my love through this, through paying attention to what you want in your life? So that's an example. I'm happy to have her with me in that way. Once I realized that's what it was about, there was a relief. Well, let me ask you this. Do, do you, is, is that part of who you are as well? I mean, do you enjoy you know, identifying and, and finding that perfect gift for somebody? Yeah, I think I'm more a little bit like my dad. He was an everyday kind of guy, <laughs> you okay. know. Um, but there is that part of me, absolutely. I'm a little more geared to surprises than she was, but but we share in common that sense of um, um, jo- joyful giving. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so let's pick that up when we come back. We we have a break now, and I want to remind listeners that you can call us today, eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. We'd love to hear the kinds of experiences you've had with with your losses. Uh, and you can find me at the Good Grief page at Voice America if you want to contact me off the air. And you can find Tom Zuba and his Facebook and Twitter and everything else at www.tomzuba.com. Be back soon. 
your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. I've been talking with Tom Zuba, author of Permission to Mourn, about grief and mourning during the holidays. And you can join the conversation on air today. Today by calling 866-472-5792. Hope some of you will. Um, we were talking before the break. I was talking about this this sense of really feeling in contact with what my mom used to do in the holidays and kind of feeling very mournful about the loss of that. But I wanted to mention the other end of that, which is that... Uh, in, in everyday relationships, you can a little bit lose track sometimes of the gifts that a person's offering, you know. Uh, what I was feeling at the same, very same moment I was feeling sad and identifying what it was I was missing, I was so appreciating that in her, that that was something that she really brought in the world uh, in a very organized fashion, much more than I am, <laughs> you know, that she, she, that, that, that was a blessing in my life through her. And, and that, that's one of the things I wrote about in my book. And I, I talk about the fact that, that there are gifts given to us from all the people that we love that died. And, and sometimes, in the beginning, and I don't know how long the beginning is for anyone. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about a specific period of time. But in the beginning, the, the grief might be so heavy and so overwhelming that it's hard to see, you know, that there were indeed gifts. Um, but I think once the shift occurs... And, and the focus isn't so much on the fact that the person we love died, but rather that they lived, you know, that they lived, then yes, then the gratitude can come in. Um, 
Um, and, and maybe that's, you know, that's an intention we can set for the holidays. You, you know, I, I, want, I want to be grateful that my child lived. I want to be grateful that my spouse lived. How, how do I move from focusing on their death to, to reconnecting with their life and all that they meant and still mean to me? I mean, what's beautiful about the story that you, you shared is it's as if your mom's still here. Well, I honestly do experience her, my dad, my partner as still here. And, uh, you know, this idea that they were totally gone uh, never made any emotional sense to me. Nor me. (laughs) me. (laughs) And and I talked with so many grievers who are trying to, um, what is the word? They're trying to kind of wrap it up. You know, get through it, get over it, get you know, and and I just uh, I've never been able to make sense out of that emotionally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know this about me, but I firmly believe that words have power, and and when we talk about moving on, you know, I want to move on from the death of my wife, move on from the death of my son. To me, what that suggests is. I put them in a box, you know, put that box in a bottom drawer somewhere, you know, turn and walk away from them. Mm-hmm. That feels really, really painful to me. So mm-hmm. the language that I use is that I'm, I'm moving with them. I'm moving with them. Uh, you know, to your point, yes, the relationship continues. Um, we are expanding together. You know, we're, we're continuing to experience everything together from different places, sure, but the relationship continues. Another word like that for me is closure. Absolutely. I don't Uh, even know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can imagine meanings that would be okay with me uh, as long as it's a very small part of the whole thing that you're closing. Uh, what what really closes the physical body closes <laughs> you know gone but everything else to me remains very much alive and it sounds as if that's your experience as well and and i think what's important to acknowledge at least this was true for me and it's been true for a lot of people that i've talked to grasping you know the finality of that physical body closing you know, really, really being able to comprehend the truth that, you know, when we leave our physical body, I'm not going to see that again. I'm not going to see that again. That took me a long, long, long time to really understand what that was about. That took me a couple years to realize, oh, my daughter is not physically coming back. I'm not going to see her again. Mm. But what once I got it, then I didn't have to learn it again because when my wife died and then when my son died, I was like, okay, I, I get it. I'm not going to see them again. Were you were you um, with each person when they died? I wasn't with my daughter when she died, and maybe that maybe that was part of it. I I I, I came upon. She died in the intensive care unit of the hospital, so I, I was with her physical body 
you know, I don't know, 40 minutes after she died, but I wasn't literally with her when she died. I wonder if that makes a difference. Do you think Maybe. it does? I don't know. I don't know. I've never, I've never thought about it, to be honest with you. I, I was with my wife. I was with my son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, yeah. and, you know, now that we're talking about it, um, my daughter's death was a complete surprise. Complete surprise. Whereas my wife, even though it was sudden, I, I, I did have, you know, I don't know, 48 hours to prepare and um, I knew I knew my son's brain cancer was terminal, so I knew he would die. Well, uh, I, as I've said often on this show, I don't believe you can be prepared, but I believe you can prepare. Um, right. So yeah. there's that in it, but it's it's very multi layered, isn't it? There's that difference in your experiences. There's the fact that. Um, you had already had a loss and assimilated that however you did. You know, there's so many factors because I noticed a profound difference. My dad died suddenly, and there was such a big difference between the way that my brother um, approached that and the way that I did, and I sort of thought it was because I'd been there before. But we're different in lots of other ways, too. How would I actually know uh, what contributed, you know, there was nothing wrong with the way either of us did. They were just really different. And, and, you know, I I would think the next experience you have with the intimate death, you know, of someone that you really, really love, I mean, who knows how you'll respond to that? Yes, it's, it's, it's individual, isn't it? It certainly has been for me and for, you know, the people that I work with and the people that I talk to, yeah. And and I think it's important to realize there's not a right way, there's not a wrong way, there's your way. And, and be present with it. Uh, and and make some space for it, uh, you know, which which might be different depending on the circumstance, too. For instance, I made a lot of space when my wife died. I knew it was coming... I, that's the way I got through knowing, knowing it was coming. I get to take care of myself when this happens, you know. Um, and then with with other deaths, life hasn't stopped for it, and it's actually been harder in that way. Um, let me let, let me ask you this: Would would you say since your wife died, do you pay more attention to taking good care of yourself? You know, particularly around the holidays. Oh, in general, I learned to take care of myself during the period I was taking care of her. Mm-hmm. In, in, you know, I was working on it before, but I made a huge change in how I attended to myself, for sure. And then, yeah, that, that just became elemental. Um, and, and, and with the holidays approaching, are, are you... Are you even more conscious of that, of really trying to take great care of yourself on a day-to-day basis? I guess I would say yes, in the sense that I know that my feelings are going to be up, but I don't know in what way or what's going to be coming up. And so uh, I'm paying a lot of attention to... For instance, this thing of of realizing that I was missing my mother's gifting, 
Mm-hmm. Well, first I just was feeling sad. And and I and I was having some dread of the holidays. So I just noticed that. I didn't know what it was about, but I asked the question, what's going on with this? Because it could be a zillion things, right? It could be the fact that my daughter and my grandsons are coming the day after Christmas. It could be, I don't know, all kinds of things. But I had to sit with it. It actually took a couple of days for me to recognize what was actually going on with me. So, to me, it's a matter of not getting impatient with that. Yeah, yes. Being with it and allowing it to unfold um, and, and not resisting it. Yes, and that's so much a habit. I'm try- what I was trying to answer for you is, does that go up and, vo- you know, does it happen more during the holidays? I think, I think more stuff tends to come up mm-hmm. about my losses, for sure. Uh, and so there's more attending to be done um, in the sense that things are up, so I need to take care you know, right. Uh, right. so that's my the best answer I can come come up with. What about you? Do you find you take feel sort of compelled to take better care of yourself at holiday times? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I'm I'm a huge fan of saying no. You know, no, I really don't want to do that. You know, no, that doesn't feel right. You know, thanks for the invitation, but. No, I think I'm going to take a pass, but mm. in the same breath of saying yes. I mean, if there's something that I really do want to do, if, if there's something that I know is going to make me feel good, you know, make me feel happy. Um, so, yeah, I have, a, I have a heightened awareness and a heightened sense of taking care of myself. And I'm, I'm really big on trying to pay attention and making sure that I don't abandon myself. Um, you know, too many times in the past, I would abandon myself so that someone else would be happy. And in the end, um, you know, I would go away angry. I would go away bitter or tense. And I tend not to do that anymore. Um, you know, my job is to take care of me. And, and when I do that... I'm a more pleasant person to be around. <laughs> There's that too, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that that's interesting because, you know, I mentioned I feel as if I learned to take care of myself really and, and deeply um, in uh, seeing how clear, what the clear uh, result when I didn't, you know, I would hurt myself or because when you're doing intense caregiving, uh, boy, if you don't take care of yourself, you're likely to fall apart. <laughs> you know, something will will uh, either inside or outside go wrong. So that sense of uh, actually believing if I take care of myself and my own experiences and feelings, it's going to be better for everybody uh, that you were just alluding to, I think is very... Um, very hard to explain to people, but so true that really uh, that really other people are a lot happier if we do it. 
so yeah. that we don't have to let go of being caring, generous, loving people. In fact, we have to go further with it and yeah. and make the connection that saying no if you need to and, and yes if you want to uh, really does um, help other people, help the people in our lives. It does, because, because when I'm feeling hurt or ignored or exhausted or overburdened, I, I'm in a much um, more vulnerable state, and it's possible that I'm going to lash out at someone else. I'm going to hurt someone else. You know, hurting people tend to hurt other people. You know, people that are feeling confident and centered and loved and lovable, they're not hurting other people. Yes, I'm thinking of the classic, you know, where the 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 pressure over Christmas um, leads to people drinking more, and then they're they're putting together the Christmas tree with hate in their heart, and you know, and the kids are cowering. I mean, I've heard that. So much from adult children remembering the holidays. Oh, that was the time when my dad went crazy or, you know, uh, it's not an uncommon story that that the pressure of trying to be happy and, and not recognizing the complexity of something like a holiday actually leads to uh, a big disconnect, human to human. I think that, that, I think that plays itself out over and over and over again, like you said, in so many families, in so many ways. And and the truth is, you know, I'm the only one that really knows what I want and what I need. You know, I'm the only one that knows what I need to be happy and to be healthy and to be content emotionally this holiday season. So I, I have to make sure that I give that to myself. You know, we're we're about ready for another break. When we come back, I'd really be interested in talking about uh, how we can bring the people we love into our celebrations. We're talking about kind of the background that the holiday time brings up a lot of feelings and we need to take care of ourselves. And then I'm aware we go to Thanksgiving dinner, as many of us will tomorrow, not all. And... Um, Come with all that, plus trying to negotiate uh, a family occasion, yeah, and the different ways people do it. So let's talk about that when we come back. Um, listeners, during the break, you can go to my website, weatherandgrief.com, to the Good Grief host page, or to find Tom Zuba, you can go to www.tomzuba.com. Back after the break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. 
making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. I'm here with Tom Zuba, author of Permission to Mourn, about uh, talking about grief during the holidays, and it's really timely, this day before Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, I mentioned before the break, I'd really like to spend some time talking about um you know the the actual celebrations that we do participate in um and how we bring this idea of of um carrying our loved ones with us into occasions that that may not be geared that way um i remember last year which was only a, a few months before uh Thanksgiving when my mom died. So I went to Thanksgiving and I and I'm real sensitive that sometimes I'm on the on the grief train and no one else wants to <laughs> go that way. So I was being very quiet about it and then my brother acknowledged it. I was so relieved. So relieved. But sometimes I think it's hard for people to step over that line. This is one of the things that I have learned the hard way. And uh, particularly at this time of year, I share this with folks over and over and over again, that for most of us, the truth is that if we want to hear the name of the person or the people that we love that died, if we want to hear their name spoken, you know, as the family's gathering for Thanksgiving or for any holiday get-togethers, that job is our job. It's, it's as if we need to let everyone else know it's okay to say Trisha's name. It's okay to say Rory's name. Most people, they don't know. Uh, you, you know, the thought is, am I going to make Tom cry? You know, he looks like he's in a good good mood. If I mention Trish or Rory or Aaron, am I going to make him sad? So most people err on the side of, I'm just going to keep quiet. I'm going to keep quiet. So it's odd, I think, because, you know, it's, it's as if 
I need to carry them into the room and I need to say their name first and that lets everyone else know, oh, it's okay, it's okay. And the truth of the matter is, I mean, most people are fine with that. You know, in fact, they're, they're happy to talk about Rory. They're happy to talk about Trish. But they're looking towards me. They're looking towards you, um, you know, for a signal. That's, that's interesting because it's not uh, what people think in general. You know, they think nobody wants to hear about it. I hear that so often. Everyone is tired of my grief. Do you hear that a lot, too, from people? Um, not, not so much. I, I think it depends on, you know, what, what's my frame of mind at the Thanksgiving dinner? You, you know, you know, if I'm, um, bringing Trisha's favorite meal to the Thanksgiving dinner, if mm-hmm. I'm wearing a sweater that she bought me and mentioned that, um, you, you know, pe- people respond in a positive way to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm talking more about what people do to themselves inside. Um, oh, uh, okay. I agree. Usually there's much more acceptance once we can be courageous enough to do it. But there is this kind of feeling, God, I've been talking about how sad I am for a year, you know, that's a not, you know, people are losing patience or something. But I think it's more actually that people don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, let's admit it. I mean, at, at the Thanksgiving gathering or the Christmas gathering, to bring up the name of the person we love, we are taking a risk. I mean, we are being vulnerable. You know, it is possible that someone will give us a dirty look, you know, or jab us in the side. And, and, and you know, the message is, why are you bringing that up? Why do you have to bring that up? And, you know, I, we, you need to know the crowd that you're going to be with. And maybe you need to, um, you know, pull aside two people in advance and say, I want to talk about mom. You know, mm-hmm. are you on board? Mm-hmm. Are, 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 you know, can I count on you? But, but I agree. Um, you know, it, 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 it demands that we be vulnerable and that we take a risk. And it could backfire. You know, you said something about uh, if, I, if I, you were imagining other people thinking if I bring up Trish, Tom might cry or... You know, and and that makes me um, aware that I do think there's a lot of pressure on all of us not to cry, but I but I think um, culturally there's more pressure on men not to cry. Would you agree? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I think most women are really, really touched by men that do cry. Um, but, but sure, the, the voice inside of many men's head says, don't cry, that's a sign of weakness. Although I do think that that's changing. My son is 20, and I think he's much more comfortable crying. He's much more comfortable with his guy friends crying. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure, sure. I mean, I, I also think it's internal. It's more, for men you're, to cry. you're you're saying it's more of an internal pressure to not uh, lose it, maybe, yeah. or not than than really um, what would happen if you did. 
Yeah, I, 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 you do. I'm I'm always in awe of of another man that cries. I'm you know I'm like wow, you know that's really <laughs> powerful. Mm. Mm, absolutely. Me too, but uh, you know it's I I just get this idea it's a, actually a hard thing to uh let happen sometimes because of all those messages that many people have directly gotten. Yeah. Don't don't I, be I a agree. baby, you know, all that kind of kind of stuff. Yeah. Of course women get those messages too, but we also get uh, typed as the emotional ones, so it's uh it's it's uh, complicated, yes. It it is complicated, and there's so much education that still needs to occur. I, I remind people, you know, that when someone we love dies, the normal, natural, healthy, healing response is to cry. You know, if the voice inside of our head changed to "I am healing," "I am healing." Every time we cried or when we saw another person cry to remind ourselves, oh, they're healing. You know, that's really wonderful that they're crying. They're healing. Mm. Um, I think we would all heal a lot quicker. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I, I, was, uh, I, I was looking at uh, something new, a, a blog you put up about uh, particular practices to bring in, and I thought that might help. Uh, bridge this thing if um, if we can kind of say let's each light a candle for the people we've lost or let's you know uh, to have some agreed upon way I know sometimes people leave an empty chair or all those things people do to make it part of the ritual that yeah, we just yeah. acknowledge this yeah to, to a lot of people and I think more and more people they're literally setting a place at the table, you know, for mom or for their brother or sister or their child or their spouse that died. I think that that takes a lot of guts, but mm-hmm. it's, to me, it's just so powerful. It's, you know, there's a space for you. We remember you. You know, we still feel you with us. I think that that's really, really beautiful and a really simple and hopefully non-threatening way is before we actually eat, I think it would be so beautiful to invite everyone around the table to mention the names of the people in their respective families that have died, you know, and just kind of call them into the circle that lets everyone know, oh, it's okay. You know, it's okay to say grandma's name. And, and the message that that gives for the younger people that we haven't forgotten, you know, they're still with us, they're still part of us. We still love them. They love us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, of course, Thanksgiving as a particular uh, you know, protocol of giving thanks I suppose there's also the option of giving thanks for the people you've loved, including the people who are not alive anymore. Absolutely. And, and, and that's another way to kind of bridge that uh, hesitation because I think it's true that once, once we walk past that, uh, there's more response often than we expect. But kind of garnering the the courage, gathering the courage to do something like that uh, often 
a little planning helps with that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just really important to remember that people don't know. They genuinely don't know. Is it okay to say their name or isn't it? So they are looking to us to give them permission. Let them know it's okay. It's hard for me to really picture. There must be people who somehow ward off, uh, you know, grievers, who somehow ward off the people they, they've lost and, and actually uh, block them out of a holiday time. But it's actually very hard for me to picture that, how you would not be thinking about the people who aren't at the table. Right, right. To me, it feels so painful, you know, to be so closed off that, that you know, you would prefer, you know, that, that we not talk about them, that we not acknowledge them. That just feels painful. So in a way, we're kind of also assuming um, there might be people listening from a more, how do I support someone in grief? I think we could say it's almost never a mistake to bring up the person that's been lost. I agree with you completely. I mean, there, the three names I love to hear said are Aaron, Trish, and Rory. If you've got a story about them, I am all ears, and I'm just so grateful. When I get a holiday card and, and someone sends me a picture of, of one of them, that I've, and I've never seen that photograph before, or they just share a little memory of them, I love that. Yes, and I I agree completely. <clears throat> and I don't believe that's because we work in grief. Uh, I think it's true in general uh, because I work with grief a lot. And I can't remember a time that anyone said, I wish people wouldn't bring them up. Yeah, you know, if only they'd stop I, saying their name. If only they just would stop talking about that person. I've never once heard that. Of course, just disclaimer, I do work with people who are talking to me about their grief, but yeah. I, I think that's pretty universal, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and another universal thing is most of us are afraid that the people we love that have died will be forgotten. And when when we stop hearing their names spoken, when people stop talking about them, it's very easy for us to make the leap to they've been forgotten. And none of us want our loved ones to be forgotten. So I guess we're, we're encouraging at two ends of this table, uh, this holiday table, whether it's, uh, you know, solstice, Hanukkah, Christmas, Thanksgiving any of them, at New Year's, that um, perhaps we can all have the courage to bring up the people we're thinking about and to bring up the people we know other people are thinking about. And uh, that, that, That's a spectacular gift that we can give each other and that we can give the young people in our family to, to teach them that... that we haven't forgotten. We aren't afraid to say their names. They're all still a part of this family. That's a beautiful I, I, place to end, Tom. That's that's uh, I 
I, I have a little more impetus, even for myself, to do that this holiday season, to really talk about those people. Thanks really for uh, so much for being with me today and talking about this. Uh, it was wonderful to have you back. You're welcome. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and a great holiday season. You too. And, and listeners, you can find Tom at www.tomzuba.com. He's got a Facebook page, too, and YouTube and Twitter. Next week, I'll welcome Deborah Pardis and Dr. Karen Post, whose book, Climbing Out from Under, they describe as a handbook for heartbreak. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.